Welcome back to Wax Wednesdays. Why join the Navy when you can be a pirate? Welcome back, Gideon. Welcome back, Lewis. And uh, what covers today? Yeah, well, I'm cover. Are you covering me? And am I covering you? I'm covering Who's you. Covering, covering me. Covering you. You know. Covering me. Covering you. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So for those that didn't get the hint, we are doing covers today. Um, this is usually you see them performed live. It's yeah. like, I don't really have that many recordings of covers. I feel like these are things you see live in person. Exactly. And please don't get it fooled. It's not because our turntables are broken and Gideon and I are just going to sing the whole podcast <laughs> as much as that would be to my utter delight. Gideon said I can't. <laughs> nah, but when you go to gigs though, Louis, like what's some of the best sound covers you've heard live in person? I, uh, this is actually, I, I really like this, this side of music, um, you know, quite often I hear songs done by an artist. It's definitely by another artist. And I like it way more than the original. I think some of my favorite um, covers, I've seen Paul Paul Kelly do quite a lot of covers. Yeah, like we did see a cover band just the other week, though. We saw a Limp Bizkit that cover band. That we did. Yeah, we saw a Limp Bizkit <laughs> cover band. And hey, they, they nailed it. I enjoyed it more than Limp Bizkit. Yeah, and we we're even talking like if we were to be our own cover bands, what? Uh, what what uh, band would we play? Yeah, who would we be? That was a that was a long long discussion. I think Beastie Boys definitely floated around quite a bit. So did Prodigy. So did uh, The Offspring. Yeah, there's a few. Some forty one for those punk kind of yeah. vibes. But, <laughs> and if we really wanted to be great, we'd say The Beach Boys. But that that'd be oh, tough. That would be tough. I used to play in a jazz cover band at school. We used to play um, quite a lot of popular jazz licks. Some of the some of the tracks the rookies have covered, I've covered in my time. And I've quite enjoyed. Uh, quite enjoy some of those early jazz or jazz conversions of modern songs as well um <clears throat> a lot of current bands do quite a few throwback recordings as well uh and i really enjoy it when they do new takes on old classics one of my favorite at the minute is lime cordial doing i touch myself and that is if you haven't heard it i'd, I'd recommend looking it up on youtube it's a it's a great version i would love to see that live another one is murlocs doing everyone's a winner babe by hot chocolate yeah, well, it's interesting. A lot of massive bands started out as just cover bands and tribute bands and would just play records at the side. Like, exactly. I remember when the Beatles first started <coughs> out before, I think even before Ringo Starr was in the band, like they had, a, they had another drummer and they'd just do live gigs and they played all over Europe and just played yeah. covers most of the time. They, they covered a lot of Chuck Berry as well. Yeah, like here, I can give you the 10 biggest bands who started out as tribute or acts, right? And the number one... We didn't even think of when we began this, but now that I thought of it, we'll play it for you later. And I'm so glad I thought of, I found this man. But um, Charles Bradley, pretending to be James Brown every night. Exactly. You know what? I was just about to bring it up as we were getting there, uh, but you beat me to it. Yeah, one of our favorite artists actually started out as a, as a cover man. And he tore it up he, at the New York's Apollo Theater as well. Like, he did. As James Brown, he used to wear a wig, dress up, do the whole piece. And ma the man can dance. Oh, yes, uh, he can. And when he when he first got signed to Daptone and Dunham, Reco Dunham Records, they had to keep asking him before he went on stage not to dress up and perform as James Brown. He was so comfortable doing it. Obviously, he had to break down that persona within himself and be comfortable going out as Charles Bradley. But And Charles Bradley became Charles Bradley. Yeah, the screaming eagle of soul. Yeah, we'll play we'll play one of his records, but we'll play more in the, in the tribute show of his. He gets his own one, of course. <laughs> We're not just going to play the covers of his covers. We'll play every song he's ever created, hopefully, one day. Oh, um, all right, so number two, someone else who's also going to be on the on the show today is uh, the Rolling Stones. Yeah, the Rolling Stones played a lot of covers, and that's an interesting point to touch on. One of my favorite blues artists um, inspired bands like Cream, Eric Clapton, the Rolling Stones, U2 even, um, and the Delta Bluesman, Junior Kimbrough and his Duke joint. They always used to go down there and check him out, and they, you know, they got so captured by his music that they sort of wanted to bring that essence into their art form. 
Yeah, like the Rolling Stones were really just a human blues jukebox. Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the biggest the biggest blues outfit to come out of UK just about, and they were um, a lot of their songs uh, weren't originally their own. Yeah, exactly. And then now these are some modern ones. Like, you know, I'm just gonna breeze over a few of them. Like Panic at the Disco, Paramore, um, Haim, The Feeling. They all started out as cover bands. Yeah, yeah. These are all cover bands. Um, yeah, Judas Priest, Two Door Cinema Club. Um, yeah, but the biggest ones, probably of the biggest bands of the generations. You talk about the Beatles, the Rolling Stones, Charles Bradley, and even the Who all cover bands before before they really def- redefined the entire genre. Yeah, exactly. They they brought uh, they brought an influence to their sound and then modernized that music. Definitely. Clapton and the Stones modernized blues for a wide audience, which was huge. Yeah, I feel like only once you cover bands understand what was before, you can take it forward. Yeah. Like you can put yourself into the, their songs, and then once you understand their songs, you can put your own twist on it, which I like. Exactly. And like some of the greatest, um, you know, guitarists of all time were covering some of the other greatest guitarists of all time. Uh, and when I say that, I'm, I'm rather pointed with, with that <laughs> discussion point. Um, and it's Stevie Ray Vaughan on his, on his, uh, I think sort of maiden breakout show where he and Double Trouble uh, just released their first album, Stevie Ray Vaughan and Double Trouble, Texas Flood, on which they had Pride and Joy, which is a pretty popular song, very bluesy riff. But they also, they were huge for covering Jimi Hendrix and in particular, Voodoo Child. Yeah, I was just thinking of Hendrix as when you mentioned like some of the biggest guitarists in the world. I'm like, who is Jimmy trying to be? Because Jimmy is just pretty yeah. much Jimmy, right? <laughs> well, Jimmy sounds like Jimmy. Like Jimi Hendrix is Jimi Hendrix. Like yeah. his guitar style. What was he played like? I think he played the guitar upside down, like the left-handed guitar as a right-hander. Anyway, he played um, like the E string. That man wasn't a lot of acid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the E string was on top and it, and it was all flipped around. But Stevie Ray Vaughan, who sounds very much like Stevie Ray Vaughan, again, his own iconic sound, both Fender Strat players. Stevie covers Jimmy in his own style and, and you know, it was like a tribute or homage to influences and artists. And I really like that about, about covers. Yeah, for sure. And especially at live gigs. Like, we were at Golden Plains last year and we saw Hot Chip play a live uh, cover. Oh, that was nearly one of my favorite live performances of a cover. Uh, they covered Beastie Boy Sabotage. Yeah, that Beastie Boy Sabotage cover was sick. And it's like, especially when you don't expect it and they just bust no. it out in their own way, in their own style. Oh, but they, yeah, but it also sounded fantastic. So tight as well. Yeah, they've, they've been performing for ages. I, that wasn't the first time they played that. No, definitely not. And even another band from that uh, from that festival as well, Jojo Zepp. Hey, what did they play? Well, he covered. <laughs> I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna twist your brain there for a second, kids, and say he covered Joe Satriani, but no, <laughs> <laughs> no he was uh, he's a he's a man of many many bands. Yeah, and there's also people who it's funny when you take the singer from one band and put them in another, and then they play their own song. Oh, exactly, exactly. Or like you know, look at King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. They've then got. Ambrose sings in King Gizzard and then fronts the Murlocs. Um, so, you know, it's all like how artists and bands share and transform one another. It's kind of great. Yeah, like the sounds just meshing together and that's kind of what covers are about. Yeah, completely. I completely agree. Um, and also, I love seeing covers transition um, from when I guess it gets brought to brought to the main stage as a, as a male voice and then you hear an original or a cover as a female voice and how that perspective can get captured in a song and changed. Um, in particular, so Tainted Love, as you might have played uh, the original on the show before, but Tainted Love traditionally um, sung and known on a global scale by In Excess, um, originally sung by Gloria Taylor, Tainted Love, and it takes on a whole new meaning 
Yeah, and we'll play the, or you'll play the the Marvelettes, the Please Mr. Postman, and then the Beatles changed it. It was a completely different sound. Oh, exactly. It nearly, you know, the Beatles sounds from a from a previous time, whereas the Marvelettes is a bit snappier, a bit more soul, and again, two completely different takes on that record. Um, another one I've got when we're sort of speaking of the Beatles, I've got Sil Johnson covering Come Together, um, and that sort of takes on two different perspectives, and that's on his uh, his second album, It's Because I'm Black. And... I th- you know, you can sort of hear the position change, the Beatles scene come together, you, c- you feel like they're talking about a man that they see or they're an observer, whereas I feel still sings from the perspective of, of you know, a more of a personal place about that song. For sure, and we'll also, uh, I'm going to play some Willie Nelson, the, the what Snoop Dogg said, the, the, the lord and uh, king the of the smoking. King. <laughs> um, and Willie Nelson is, if you want to talk about a cover band or cover man oh the man's done it all i just looked at how many covers the guy's done and it's must be well uh kind of finished scrolling on this on a page like it's over 100 i want to say like he's well he's released so many records (laughs) yeah and he's like 100 years old and been performing (laughs) his whole life which gives him a leg up but i know the man the man has lived through the ages i I love Willie Nelson. I always thought, as a child, I thought he was like the most interesting person. Is it that is Stardust, the album where he's like wearing a big top hat and he's got like a braided little rat tail? Oh, that sounds like every yeah, album cover he has. like Willie Nelson <laughs> with a headband on. Mate, do you know how old the guy is? He was born in 1933. Jeez. For context, um, he, and he's still going, is he? Yeah, he plays with his son and do- and stuff like that <laughs> these days. Um, but yeah. I don't know, due to COVID, I don't think he's really playing much at the moment. No, no, he'd probably be safely locked inside. Yep, exactly. And then uh, the other one I'll play as well is Eric Clapton, also one of those rock lords um, who's also doing a cover. Yeah, we even um, covers sort of in the modern world as well. I think it's kind of interesting to talk about uh, a cover I quite enjoy, and I've seen it live by um, played by Briggs. Uh, do you know Briggs? One of the one yeah, half Aussie hip hop. Origi- yeah, yeah, Aussie hip hop. I was from Shepparton. One half yeah. of the AB original. The king of Shepparton, they say actually. The king of Shepparton. Yeah. Hey, exactly. Gone from uh, a canning man at the SPC factory to the king of Shepparton. What a climb! He can keep going higher. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he was uh, a <laughs> Briggs. He's got a long pri- way Briggs, to go prime min- Briggs of prime minister was a little. Um, I enjoyed that series when he was interviewing politicians, Australian politicians at the. Was it Yarra Ben? The, the no, he has a lot to say. He's actually very political in charge and um, very much stands for uh, for human rights and gender equality and racial equality. And I think w- if you actually listen to his um, raps, I think they're incredibly heartfelt. I agree. I um, I get a lot out of his raps. I think there's a lot to take away from them. He's There's a version of Dumb Things that he actually... And Paul Kelly comes on and sings the chorus. Paul Kelly song dumb things i'm sure you're aware of it you know all, uh. oh do you want to give us a cover yeah. of a cover right now louis <laughs> i'm i'm uh, struggling to remember that i nearly started doing all the dumb things by blink that was definitely gonna be the dumb thing <laughs> totally not related at all but yeah what about briggs um yeah so he <laughs> sings with uh went under the pre- preface ab original um does paul kelly's dumb things uh and raps some verses particularly about indigenous incarceration is sort of the where it, most of the raps come from in that. Um, and the chorus being, you know, in the middle, in the middle, in the middle of a dream. Not a bad voice you got on yourself. I've done all the dumb things. Yeah, there you go. Um, and then I think it, the Arias a few years back, definitely more than five, um, they got up and performed that live. 
And then they also did a version of Archie Roach's The Children Came Back, which is a very powerful song if you haven't heard it. Um, again, sort of targeting stolen generation and indigenous incarceration. Uh, I recommend looking looking up both of those for modern takes on old songs. Exactly. And uh, who else are you playing today? Uh, I'm going to play Lee Moses. Uh, again, a bit of a bit of a left of field soul artist. Uh, definitely hard to find. They've recently repressed repressed his records. Uh, Maple, the label, has repressed it. It's a great pressing. I recommend picking it up if you're into sort of more obscure, heavier blues-driven soul. Um, he was actually at one time Jimi Hendrix rhythm guitarist oh, there you go so on this album there's some covers of some Jim, jimmy songs but i'm not going to play that i'm going to play his version of california dreaming oh, sure he, uh, yeah normally made large by the mums and puppers and then i'm going to play a punk take on a soul classic yeah it's all takes and takes should we get into it hopefully you can hear the the original through the covers yeah definitely there will be a few uh, hard to spot ones but hopefully you find the tune yeah we'll see you next week see you later bye Girlfriend so far away
ocean for a heart of gold. I've been in my mind, it's such a fine line, it keeps me searching for. 